Melinda McHenry with The Writer's Voice, and my guest today is Renee Bauer. Hi, Renee. Hey there. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. What we're going to talk about today is the evolution of a writer, how we start and how we wind up where we are today. And then we're going to talk about the different publishing avenues. Um, But before we get into that, why don't you tell us, Renee, a little bit about the two books that you have right now that are already published, and then tell us about what you've got coming up in the work. Sure. Um, So I am, writing is not my day job, so I'm a divorce lawyer by day. And the, one of the books that I have out is called Divorce in Connecticut. That's published by a small press. And clearly the, the base of it is Connecticut. And so the reach of this book is when, when I was writing it, I knew it was going to be small and it was going to really just be limited to Connecticut. And it was kind of like a marketing tool that I was using for my business as well. But then I have another book that I decided, I said, hey, if I'm using this book as a marketing tool, why don't I write a children's book about divorce? Um, And this is kind of the one that I wrote and sort of flopped. Um, Looking back in hindsight, I can say, oh, I've done a lot wrong with this book. But even so, I wrote a children's book about divorce. It's beautifully illustrated, not by me. Um, and there, there's, you know, I probably broke all of the children's book rules, but I did use it as a marketing tool for my business and it's worked well there too. You know, with both of these books, the sales and the royalties are really low. And I think like I've maxed out at a few hundred dollars over the life of, of all of these books. And I have a previous book as well that is out of print right now because it's so old. That was also a traditionally published book from a small press about running a small law firm. Things have changed a lot in the past 10 or 15 years, so that book really isn't relevant anymore. And so I'm also a novel um, writer. I have a mystery book that is on submission right now, and we're doing this the traditional way. I uh, got an agent about a year ago and we are trying to sell that book. And with my agent, I'm working on a nonfiction proposal as well, which the intent is that would be traditionally published. Okay, good. So now I have a couple of questions based on all that. I know that your, your, your divorce in Connecticut has gotten really good reviews on Amazon. So obviously, uh, just because a book doesn't sell doesn't mean that you're not a good writer. Um, and also because you don't make a lot of money, doesn't mean you're not a good writer from what I hear most published writers. And I can attest to this myself, but you know, you're not raking in millions of dollars a year. So what do you think is the, the definition of success then as a writer for you? Because you've done the, the nonfiction, you did the self-publishing, the traditional publishing, um, you're doing the novel now. How do you, how do you put all that together from the perspective of, gee, well, this flopped, but was it really yeah. a flop? Didn't you, did you um, take so something it's a from it? Target, the definition of success, because the first <laughs> book, um, the success was the fact that I was holding a book in my hand and I went to the publisher and picked up a box of books and I was thrilled. And that was success for me. Like I didn't need to make a lot of money off of it because I started writing when I had forgotten, you know, like I spent, I was a writer too my whole life. And then I stopped at some point. And so I picked up this sort of this passion again and said, let me see if I can do this. So So it was validation. Yeah, absolutely. That I could sit down and write something from cover to cover and have it be published in a book that that was success. And so, you know, it's definitely over the years, it has changed because that success was fine for now. And then my definition of success shifted. And I decided at some point, listen, I really want to be a published 
writer and how do I get there? And then the definition of success became just having an agent ask for a full manuscript. Like that was a small celebration for a while because you have so many rejections and you know, I racked up more than I can count. And then the definition of success became, I signed with an agent, you know, and, and at that point, that was all I needed. I'm like, I don't care. I have an agent. Okay. Now what? <laughs> so, you know, the next <laughs> definition of success for me is going to be getting that phone call from the agent saying, Hey, we have a traditional publisher who wants to publish your novel or wants you to write this nonfiction book that you're proposing. So it's an evolution for sure. And the thing is what I, what I like hearing from you. And I think that a lot of us, embrace that philosophy, but some people get so, so burdened by the rejection that they don't maintain that positive outlook. And if they don't reach one goal, they don't modify it, you know, or they look at, okay, this one goal is a step in a process, in a journey, and I need to do that. So I think I, I'm glad that you're saying that because I think it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that it is a process. It is an evolution. You go right. from one step to the next and, and you need to modify well, those Well, and goals. Linda, at one point, not too long ago, I was like, okay, I have an agent. We're on submission. We're going to sell this book and that's it. Like, I, I, I'm good. And then the book doesn't sell right away. So now it becomes, wait a second, even though I've gotten like that far, what good is it unless I have something that sells, so then keep writing. And the reality kind of sinking in that that book might not sell. And it may forever sit on the corner of my desk and, you know, this big, thick manuscript that is just a really nice paperweight. But, and so what's the next thing? And to keep writing, because it's, if you don't have something else to give, then your, your journey kind of ends there. Well, and when you listen to other people, so many people mm -hmm. didn't publish right away when they first started submitting. And I've been of the belief, I write a book, I do my best. If it doesn't sell or I can't get an agent for it, I put it aside and I move on to something else. And, you know, I know people who have tried to polish the same book for 20 years and it just never sold. Maybe, maybe that particular right. book isn't, the purpose of it wasn't to sell. Maybe the purpose of it was to, to, to bring you another step closer to what you were supposed to do. And I mean, not everybody gets into that philosophical thing, but so there's that aspect of it, but there really is the publishing aspect of it. There's the, the, the aspect of things change, people change. We didn't have eBooks right. 20 or 25 years ago. Let's finish up our chat with talking about the difference between self-publishing and traditional publishing, whether it's with one of the big houses or whether it's an indie publisher. Because again, I think a lot of people want the validation. Somebody paid me to publish my book as opposed right. to I paid all the costs to do it. And what the reality is and the difference is with that, because some people have self-published mm -hmm. very successfully right. and they enjoy it. And some people hate traditional publishing and have chosen the road to self-publishing and then other people would never even consider it. So what's your take on to those? each their own? I think it's, it's, there isn't a right or wrong way. And I don't think it's fair to say you have to go down one way in order to be a successful writer. Um, you know, the, the self-publishing, you have more control over the whole project from beginning to end, but that also means you have complete responsibility to market it. And if you're not doing that, no one is. And even when you're traditional published, you know, I, I think now you still have to take on a big burden of, of the marketing, but at least you have a whole team of professionals in the background, making sure that it's the best version that, that it can be. So, um, you know, for when I self-published, I knew at that point that my goal was I was using this as a marketing piece to further my, my business. And it did that. Um, 
but yeah. you know, traditional, you know, the, why I want traditional now or why I'm, I'm going down that road is because I want a bigger reach. Like I want, I want to walk through the airport and have my book be on the shelves in the bookstore and you're never going to get there with the self publishing. So it served my little journey of self publishing served its purpose. Um, but now it's time for the other way either, which it, it, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. It's so personal for, for everyone. Well, it is. And it, and, and a lot of things, a lot of things matter. The type of book you have, as you said, the reach, there are people who have the reach as a self-published as an individual, you know, depending upon what they do for their day job, you and I both work full-time doing other things, although I do write, but it's certainly not fiction. And I think you have that. The other thing that I think people don't realize with self-publishing if you do something mm. wrong, if there's a mistake, if there's an error, or if you didn't do enough research, you're going to wind up with a finished product or you're going to wind up with a path that was not what mm -hmm. you intended. And, and there's no one to blame right. for that right. but yourself. Yeah. Um, not that when you blame your publisher that it's going to matter, but the, the chances of having really big gaps occur, I think, at least in the actual physical publishing part are much Absolutely. less likely. Right. Um, and so yeah. I think that that's a really great point because I can use my own sort of falling flat on my face for this piece of it is I was really, I had the small books that was small publishing, but I wrote a children's book. I'm not a children's book writer, but I thought that, you know, I was going to do this thing and I, I can look back and say like my word count is all wrong, you know? <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And so the concept was probably really good, but I didn't have someone telling me you know, this isn't the way a children's book should be formatted or should be, um, you know, the, the word count or anything like that. So, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. How long ago did you publish that book? Oh, that was, that has to have been about 10 years ago. Yeah. And so self-publishing has changed a lot since then. Now you may be able, you may very well be able to hire a consultant. And, and that's another thing people with self-publishing don't realize is they need to send their yes. books out to editors and they need to have the advice and you can get that advice. And it's not very expensive mm -hmm. either. I mean, you could pay a ton of money, but you don't have to. And so you can get that advice or you can, you know, you can hire editors yeah. and proofreaders and people to tell you, all right, in the market, this is what we're looking for, for the type of children's book you're selling. You know, yeah. you need to have these parameters met, but you know, you live and learn. Right. And I knew nothing back then. And now I actually, for the manuscript that's out on submission, I did use an editor and uh, it made a world of difference too. Yeah. Those things do. Well, I thank you so much for spending time with us. Um, now you have a website. It's www.mizreneebauer.com. There we go. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for visiting with us. Let me know when that book, yes. your mystery novel sells, and you can come back and we'll help you market that book. You can tell us all about it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Linda. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you.